For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. everyone and welcome to oh what a night part of the 90 min podcast network today on the show we're going to break down last night which was the final home game of the season spurs taking on aston villa and losing 2-1 thanks to a bit of an implosion really um probably quite important that we go through the whole of the the whole of the day because there was a lot of nice stuff but there was a lot of Stuff that got a bit ugly towards the end. On the show today, Jude Summerfield, Hunter Godson. Um, guys, a question for you to start. I woke up this morning and you know when you've had a rough evening and someone's given you some bad news and then you wake up in the morning and it feels like there's still a cloud on you and you're like, I'm in a grumpy mood. I've had that this morning. I've literally woken up this morning feeling absolutely rubbish Am I on my own, or is that something you guys have had as well? You're definitely not on your own, mate. I really, I really struggled to get out of bed today, and that's not just because I popped my shoulder out last night. <laughs> uh, I just was like, uh, just more. The fallout is going to happen today, basically. <laughs> so, I think that was like that. That's the realization that now we get to sort of sit there and pick it apart. Yeah, I mean, we, Jude, we we recorded the last pod and and managed to kind of be, I thought it was a fairly upbeat one. And then the moment that we dropped the pod, the news broke about possibly our best ever player. Yeah, I mean, I felt more optimistic when um, I'm clambering out of bed. Um, Did you? No, I mean, I I felt more, so... (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's 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 very little at the moment to really uh hang your hat on um but we do try and make it quite optimistic i feel you were still going on about maybe top four a few weeks ago i was so. trying my best i was trying my best <laughs> really i was um, like because i want i think that's ultimately what you get like that's the whole point of football right yeah the, of the whole point of it is it particularly when you're a spurs fan the whole point is that you're meant to sort of like we we are allowed to be ruthlessly pessimistic and at the same time ridiculously optimistic like that's the whole the whole point of 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 doing it and and what was interesting last night is that we saw the full spectrum of that over the course of probably three hours you saw like amazing optimism fans so happy to be back in the stadium and kind of all this build up we're like do you know what let's just enjoy this one together and then at the end we saw the kind of the bottom of the curve because that wasn't that wasn't pretty was it no and you, you feel like there's there's a, a multitude of issues here that we'll we'll go into but I've, I've been watching it I just felt really sorry for the people who had paid 60 quid to to be there to be honest with you that that's who I really was feeling for because the, it just felt like everything that has been wrong for this whole season 
came to a head and it and it was on them in the stadium to sort of get their point across and you know and I just I just thought 60 quid and you get to watch that mm. and it, and I've seen <laughs> the other things I've watched other clubs have their 10,000 fans in that's really inspired some some great performances and yeah you know it's just one of those that I think we just have to try and move on for it from it Yes, it, 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 I suppose, Jude, the important question there is, um, I've never really been someone that is, on a personal level, I'm not someone that, that boos at, at, at games. I'm not someone that boos teams off. Um, but that doesn't mean that I would ever say that someone else shouldn't. And I suppose when you're paying 60 quid, I mean, it's just a fact of life that that was the most expensive ticket in this match round in the Premier League. Do you have the right to, do you think? Uh, I I think sort of, irregardless of the fee you pay for a match, you should be able to make your voice heard, really. Um, I think in this sort of scenario, it gives fans more um, more license to do that sort of thing, to be honest, because, uh, you know, they've, they've had a few dunk sandwiches thrown at them over, over lockdown and over the past year or so, so... I think that's that's absolutely fine, and especially when you see like clubs like I think Burnley might have let their fans in for free. Yeah. Like Everton had tickets from twenty to thirty pounds. They the, like other clubs are just making that chance or like taking the opportunity to make football affordable for fans when you know at, at the first sign of it coming back regularly. So um, yeah, I think if Spurs fans want to boo, they they can do it. I mean, I'd never be one to shout out or like call a player a, a knobhead or you know. <laughs> <laughs> I would or never crap. call anyone a knobhead. Yeah, <laughs> I just wouldn't do that, you know. Um, but you know, that's that's just a personality trait, and other other people would, you know, they can do the you can see me, I can see you thing as much as they like. God, really, it did have. There were shades of that last I'd, night. What what I'd say about the booing. Although I'm not, I have to say, I'm not 100% even convinced that the booing was at the players. That's that's what struck me really quickly. It was like, the booing seemed like what, what I sort of said there, and like an amalgamation of everything that's gone wrong this season. And this is our one chance where we've been in close proximity with Daniel Levy. We're going to let him know that we're really disappointed not just with this performance. Obviously, this performance is up there with the worst this season, but just we're really disappointed with the current situation of the club and the way that things have been allowed to get like this and the decisions that have been made over the last year and a half. And and I think good on them for making their voice heard. Um, had, you know, if the players took it badly, you know, that's put, that's just part and parcel of being a footballer, I guess. It would just be quite quite a single lensed view to be like this is oh it's all about the players isn't it? yeah no but I, I think that can quickly become the narrative and I think that's quite um, mm. I think that's something we have to work against because I don't th- although I think the people people being like look bad performance blah blah but Spurs fans have seen terrible performances over the years so it's it's for me it felt very pointed at this is our opportunity to be in a stadium with um, the leadership here at the club and we're going to make our voices heard and uh, for, you know and they've paid their money to be there so they have every right to as Jude said you know so good good on them power to them and um, you know it's just one of those that Spurs just have to 
really act quickly in the next couple of weeks to to put things right and there are lots of situations they need to put right right slight break in proceedings you'll be delighted to hear that once again we're a sponsored podcast i know this ragtag bunch having a sponsor mental but this podcast is now brought to you by manscaped.com or brought to you again by manscaped.com we've been very fortunate to have been sponsored by them in the past as well and i suppose being the bastions of sartorial elegance and male grooming that we are it kind of makes sense that manscaped have come to us as the place to advertise their trimmers for scaping the areas around your prized assets so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code 90min20 at manscaped.com unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. The I, I think that's I think that that's a really interesting point, Hunter, about the idea of of mixing mixing narratives. I think Ryan Mason said fans are emotional, entitled to be emotional, given kind of where where things are at. I feel like it, if if players were upset, dude about the idea of i mean this is a ridiculous comparison but you know when you're you're playing sort of seven aside or something yeah of course mate. even even <laughs> i mean you're a top baller um, yeah of course but even but even down to us on a on a friday night if we have a kick about sometimes you get a bit caught up in it and you get a bit of red mist comes down and you can't even like someone will give you a little niggly foul and you can't even stop yourself not you personally but anyone can't stop themselves <laughs> on a on a seven aside kickabout from getting a bit irate so i can imagine that when you've got ten thousand people booing you might take it a little bit you might take it a little bit badly and perhaps it's almost unfair to expect people in that moment or players in that moment to be able to remove themselves from the situation but at the same time, like this, for football fans, this has probably been the worst experience. I'm not saying Spurs' performance. I'm just saying that as a football fan, it's been the worst experience we've ever had in our lifetimes, right? Not being able to go to the stadium and support your team, not really having any way to try and connect or not even having an outlet for the to, to kind of get across the things that you feel. And at the same time, football occupies such a big part of people's identity. To lose the thing that they feel most passionate about and then suddenly having one opportunity to get in there and, and say whatever you want to say, it's kind of perhaps it's almost missing the point to, 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 to feel like it was aimed at the players. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be, if that's, if that's what they think, that's got to be like a, a wake up call for them, isn't it? Um, because, you know, if they're, if they're oblivious to like how fans have viewed the treatment of them from club, from the club, then, it shows. It does show that the disconnect is is larger than just club fans, and it might even be like players and fans. You know, like they're taking the the um like the lap of honor into account as well. Um, so yeah, they just need to you know wake up and smell the coffee in that regard, I suppose. I think it started badly though, didn't it? Because although fans were saying, "Oh, we're really happy to be back in the, we're really happy to be back in the stands. It's amazing to be back in this beautiful stadium that we've built." But why have we been put up in the gods? Why have we kept the corporate sponsor sheets on the bottom tier to keep us away from the keep us away from the ground, to keep us away from the players? Is that why it's there? Or is it just because it's cheaper to keep them there and put us up there? Instantly, that's that's one of those tin decisions that that 
that as a fan, you sit there and go, I've paid 60 pounds for this. I want to be in the, I want to be in the, the seat that's worth 60 quid, or at least I want to be near the, near the um, players because, and it felt like just a very good visual metaphor when Harry Kane was standing sort of at the end of the game, looking up at the fans and, and there was a big corporate three or four corporate sections between him, him and the fans. I thought what a lovely, horrible metaphor uh, for, for where we're at at the moment, where there's just this massive disconnect between what's happening on the pitch and off the pitch and with the management and, and all and everything within is it not? Is it silly to 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 think that there's actually there's there's kind of like three spheres now, um, as in like like Jude was saying that that maybe it's something that for us as Spurs fans we'll we'll all just kind of have to sort of get on board with that we have to as fans we'll have to maintain two relationships now, one two match day and one two. Tottenham Hotspur are or are they still one and the same we just need to kind of like bring them back together that is oh it just pains you there it's a it's a hard question it's a hard question because I think people are starting to see more separate things aren't they people are starting to starting to see the club as a business and then the match day experience as like the sort of almost um respite from the business that we get the rest of the time <laughs> although we we don't want it i think it is starting to feel more and more like two separate entities that we have to treat it that way well like i think you'd be undeniable right you I, I don't think anyone could claim that if you have lady gaga playing at our stadium for two weeks or whatever it is, or like you have Bon Jovi or Monster Trucks or NFL, whatever it is. I don't think, I don't just on a personal level, I don't think that represents me as a Spurs fan. You know, <laughs> I, like I don't, I'm like, that, that's phenomenal for for Tottenham as a business because these are huge artists who will, mm. I'm sure, bring in a huge amount of revenue. But when it comes to me watching Spurs for 90 minutes and, and, the things that I hold really dear, which are the sound of seats rattling as a ball gets pinged out to a player that I love watching on the wing and everyone gets to their feet. Like that's, that's the, that's the version of Spurs that like, it really matters to me on an emotional level. Like I, I sort of, I, I live in sort of live and breathe for, for that mm. on, on match day. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of almost, I don't, perhaps maybe it's not as, Perhaps maybe it's not as negative. I suppose the argument would be from the other side would be that everything we do like around creating resource and, and finance and stuff is so that we can seed it back into back into winning. But yeah, but I, I suppose. Mm, no, go on, Joe. Well, yeah, all, all I'd say is like things like monster trucks and, you know, <laughs> gigs and things like that. It's about building uh, tournaments being into being a bigger club and a bigger brand isn't it so it's not really about <laughs> relating to a fan by you know getting guns and roses to come and perform i don't think you know slash off, has though. 10% off yeah. <laughs> i don't know if slash is going to come out wearing a spurs shirt or something like that but um slash I mean, on the skywalk might... yeah <laughs> <laughs> that'd be sick to be fair that'd be sick. that would get the fans back on side wouldn't they? <laughs> if they just play at the top of the stadium <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. um yeah I, th- I think 
yes, it's good that we have those things. I genuinely do think it's good that we have those things because it, it is a viable way of creating wealth. But you tell the fan, oh, that's what we're doing. And they go, right, okay. It, are we seeing that ambition off the pitch, on the pitch? That ambition to get the NFL in, to get Guns N' Roses, get Lady Gaga in, blah, blah, to fill the stadium throughout the summer, to get Harlequins a few games there. Then is that is that money generated and ambition to to create Tottenham the brand is that then replicated on the pitch with the decisions and you could argue Jose Mourinho was is you know one of the highest paid managers in the world um, but but then I guess it comes down to decision making you I think ninety percent of people because said Jose Mourinho is a bad fit for Tottenham because of the way that we because of the way that we played football so. I mean, it feels like we go a bit in circles here because it's the same decision makers <laughs> that's been for for many many years now. So uh, yeah, it's a difficult one. I suppose we should touch on the um, <laughs> the, the football, the, 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 the game. Um, actually, just before we do, just because re- Jude, you 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 mentioned it earlier on, um, the lap of lap of appreciation um, wasn't ideal the way that played out. No, it seemed um seemed staggered and uh a little a little dysfunctional. Um and sort of seeing players trot out almost one by one and um not really looking like they knew it was all planned was a was a bit was a bit grim to see. And I think, you know, we can go on about, you know, how you know Tottenham haven't run the club very well and little things like that, but I think those are sort of the the basics that you should have in place for your your final home game of the season if you've got fans in attendance as well. And um yeah, that just could have, you know, that just could have done with a little more organization, I think. <laughs> it's another good metaphor, isn't it? It was an evening of visual metaphors of like I oh, wish look- Tottenham <laughs> weren't so metaphorical. <laughs> Just... There's there's Harry Kane out on the pitch on his own leading the team. Oh, there's a few players with him who who are there as well, and then the others sort of come came out every now and then a bit late, <laughs> caught up with him, and uh, you just sort of think what sort of communication has gone into to that so that the players didn't know they had to do their lap of honor, so that the players didn't know there was like a, a, an award ceremony. It just felt, it felt like one of those things where everything on, on the day everything went wrong. Even down to I saw someone's burger was at the stadium was like the most undercooked burger I've ever seen. It was just <laughs> raw in the middle. <laughs> I saw another guy had snuck into the like corporate bit and drunk ten pints. So I was like, "This, oh, what's man. happened? What has happened tonight at the stadium?" It just, it just, there's. I think, yeah, I've said it. I said it on this already. It just felt like it encompassed the season. Last night was like the br- brilliant moment, and then just weird. Uh, bad defending, chaos off the pitch, anger, disappointment, just all rolled into one fun evening against Aston Villa. Just really want us to be. That um, I really, really want fans to be sort of to, to feel that super close knit connection. It's the most fun thing, isn't it? You know, like when you come away from a game and like you're all singing from the same hymn sheet, you're all like super engaged. You want to put the boot in on other fans on social media because you're so unified. And like it, it just, I think back to sort of beating Man City 
and the way it was when we beat Man City in the quarterfinal of the Champions League, and kind of like the optimism and the and the connection and just seeing like just everyone so intertwined and completely like on the same page with what we were trying to do there. It was just yeah, I, I do pine for that a little bit. I said um, to you, I said to you last night, didn't I? I think I think we were we were at a crossroads a couple of weeks ago we spoke about we were at a crossroads a couple of weeks ago and it feels like now the decision is the this things have gone a, not a, not in our favor and uh, europa league now looks basically out of touch europa conference is still on but really there is a question whether you want it there is no way now to save this other than appoint a manager quite quickly and give him the power to bring in the players that he wants so that he's not sat there in six months going, well, I couldn't bring in, and that's why we're here. Because then it's the same cycle over and over. And whether whether the the problem is the club will have to sell to to buy. There's a few assets at the club. You imagine players like Lamella will be moved on. Sissoko probably be moved on. Maybe Winks, who had a very disappointing game yesterday. Rough night um, for Winks. He was yeah, really rough one. night for Winks. Um, but... The only way now for me, from my perspective, to salvage this is to bring the manager in and give him give him what he wants. And then you can say, at least we tried, at least we went for it. I've sort of led us so far off piste with our opening statements that I've barely left any time for actually discussing the game. But so it would do one good thing. Um, which I, I I suppose we've got like if we go good, we'll go Stevie. Um, in the first 10 minutes it was such a joy seeing him score that goal wasn't it like you just saw the relief washing over him when he spanked that into the top corner yeah and he's been someone who's just not been around at all for for months it seems I think he might have had a few sub appearances under Mason but I couldn't couldn't tell you when he's had like a defining impact on a game but um, to see him absolutely leather one in it was quite similar to the one he got against United in that first game back after COVID all kicked off last year. Um, so he, he, that was, he was like a nice goal scorer for that first goal back in the stadium. And it was just like, just purely through persistence that he got that chance, wasn't it? Which was mm-hmm. like, just nice to see that sort of effort going into uh, to getting in the end of, a, of something and chasing a lost cause and turning th- it into a nice goal. I think he's going to be a dream for the, a manager who comes in. You've got a young guy who's raw, but could be refined, mm-hmm. got bags of pace and it's got really good work ethic as well there's there's that's, there's potential there isn't there that's what basically what Drew says there spot on it he created that goal himself he's bouncing off people his touch was good he gets through and then the finish is pure frustration for me just absolutely lashing it in yeah yeah but it's a brilliant finish absolutely take nothing away like absolutely brilliant finish but it was like he the determination the grit the skill and then the technique to finish it, it like you said, Hainsy, there's a there's a player in there, and we've been saying it all season. It's a shame that we haven't seen him more. For me, so the bad we've got to talk How about. Got? The, yeah, <laughs> we, we we've got to talk about the the. the oh man, I feel like we've done the ugly. So let's talk in the bad. Let's let's talk about the way we kind of um, just completely imploded. Then off the back of that. Structure didn't seem to be there. Looked like we were at sixes and sevens a little bit. Um, yeah, the Spurs started pretty well. They were really intense. Um, they obviously got the first goal. 
Um, and then things just really changed, and there was there was no intensity to the to their play. And uh, I mean, we, I think we all love Sergio Reguilón quite a lot, but that's an outrageous own goal. <laughs> Oh, one of the best. Crushed. Just one. If, it is honestly crushed. one of the best in Premier League history. If, if own like goals, you could try it another thousand times, and he wouldn't get it right. <laughs> it will be on one of those uh, video. It will go it's back and be put on those VHS videos from the nineties. That's how <laughs> yeah. good it was. People go and re-record them to stick that on. It's going to be a Doctor Who episode of him in the TARDIS. We've got to go back through time to add Sergio Regulon's twenty-yard top bin screamer against his but- own side to VHSs. Those freak, those freak incidences can really affect teams, and it yeah. did. It just completely everything went to everything fell apart after that. I feel awful for him as well because I, I do actually feel like he's someone who wears his heart on his sleeve. Like you saw off the back of it, he was crushed. Yeah, absolutely crushed. Um, yeah, I mean that one is just like one of those freak ones. The second one can be blamed on the first one because because people had sort of gone so far into their shells he's looking for a ball out there's no one down the line son's not coming short down the line there's no no midfielders coming come inside to pick up the ball the center back hasn't dropped because he doesn't want it so he's trying to loft it down the line it's his fault don't get me wrong it's his fault that second one you can't do it the first time then do it again but i think i thought it was just like it was a victim of that first goal in that everyone had gone so far into their shells that no one wanted the ball to feet anymore no one was willing to take it out and um, oh, the bounce, the bounce got unlucky. Then he got it's just like one of those nights that he'll just want to forget forever. Just get home and delete it from your brain. Um, but uh, Ollie Watkins, good finish, and and it didn't get it didn't it, it didn't get better for this first half. But we improved after after half time. We improved. There was a we came out with a bit between our teeth. Uh, arguably, this is where Stevie needs to work on it. He should be scoring. When the ball drops to him after Regulon does very well, um, but then it just sort of drifted after that until until uh, Ondombele came on. Oh, save him, save him for the <laughs> beautiful because that just Undumbele gave me everything I wanted. Yeah. Uh, in it, like in the ugly section, I, one thing I did just want to kind of ask you guys about was the actual, um, the actual team selection. I, I, in my eyes, Ryan Mason could do no wrong, right? This guy has stepped up um, at a time when we needed someone to step up and just give us something to kind of like hold on to as we get towards the end of the season. And and he's done, I personally believe he's, a, he's in the right to do what he wants. Having said that, team selection was interesting, wasn't it? <laughs> I just, won't, I can't understand Harry Winks over and Dumbelli. I'll never understand it personally. Mm. Um I just Delhi looked knackered from the get-go. Looked really tired. Um, was getting the ball caught under his feet. Was dispossessed maybe six or seven times in the first half. And I know we keep him on because we know that he's got that that bit. But this is a guy who hasn't played very much football. So I was like, okay, maybe he needs a little rest. And then, well, it's just Winkston Dombele, isn't it? It is Winkston Dombele. We're gonna wonder what <laughs> what if in all these games that that. People have played over Ndombele because he he has been the only player who's willing to take the ball, who can, sorry, not willing to, who can take the ball under pressure, turn and find space. And and we missed that again yesterday because Villa Villa pressed well. John McGinn, brilliant player, marvellous. What's his surname? Nakamba. 
did had a really good game, and they and Jack Grealish, they just they go they go together, and, and what we've seen against Leeds City and Aston Villa now is when we're pressed, we cannot handle it. So. Yeah, yeah Grealish was so good on the ball. Excellent. He was Excellent. so. I was good. actually very relieved to see how good he was because I I really want him for to England. go to, go over to the Euros for England. Yeah. I thought he was so. He's he's unplayable. He is so good. Genuinely, he is and he's so, so strong. Yeah. People, what's amazing is people try and bounce him, mm. and they end up flying off him. I saw Hoybier a couple of times go and try and give him a a smack, and and he would just sort of bounce Hoybier and carry on. He's deceptively big. He's incredibly strong. His control is phenomenal. You sort of, you know, those players when you're watching someone around the edge of the box and you're thinking, oh God, we might give a pen away here. He not only makes you think you might give a pen away, but he also makes you think he's going to bloody score. <laughs> like he's just going to drift. He's going to drift past this this defender, and either they're going to take him down, or he's going to put in a, a cross that's going to end in a goal, or he's going to just ping one into the far corner. Um, but I do want to let's let's do the, the beautiful because I do want to talk about Ndombele. I'm wondering whether I'm wondering whether we're at a point now. Maybe. Uh, we all have no idea about how he trains, about w- what his kind of like, um, what his work ethic is is like. We can only speculate from the outside, right? But he is the most wonderfully gifted footballer or one of the most naturally gifted footballers I think we've probably ever seen or at least seen in recent history over the course of the last 20 years, getting close to uh, Dembele in terms of his ability to ghost past a player and receive a ball under pressure. Do we just need to find a way to get him into that team and get him performing for 90 minutes by hook or by crook? Or does he need to slot into part of a wider philosophy? I suppose that's a really difficult question to answer, but like, I guess it's where we're at with him right now, right? I think, in, in, and it will come down to the manager that we bring in. Because if the manager comes in who has a really strong philosophy, well, it's not going to be about Ndombele. It's going to be about the philosophy. Um, personally, I think he can fit into <laughs> anyone who wants to play a possession style of football. He can, he can, he can do that because he is our only player who can take the ball under pressure. So you need those players if you're going to play possession where you play it out from the back. You absolutely need those players. They're key. Um, and I mean, I, for me, Ryan Mason had what was he had eight games in charge. I would have started him in every single one, but clearly something's happened. Um, it's just disappointing because it looks like we're going to miss out, and you get, again, you're going to be left with that. What if he was? Uh, what if he was in the squad? Because um, he's a must start. He was so mm. brilliant when he came on yesterday. It was so, the joy, it, wasn't he? It was he- just. It was like a breath of fresh air. The dummy to, to just drift, you know, when he was being pressed and he sort of just, he literally went two yards the wrong way so we could send whoever it was off the Sainsbury's and then like drifted away from two challenges. You're like, that is, we're crying out for mm. that. I know everyone calls it press resistance, but it's just like more than anything, it's someone who can just receive a ball and look comfortable wherever they are on the pitch. I never think he's going to lose the ball. Never. Well, there was, yeah, there was Hoiberg and Winks yesterday who just didn't want to show for it at all. I mean, Hoiberg's not, I mean, I think he's played like ball playing midfielder, but he's a bit more like, let's go, let's have it, you know, <laughs> a little less. Um, and then if, if Winks isn't showing for the ball, 
um, then I'm not really sure what on earth he's in the team to do. And um, sort of regardless of, you know, whatever manager comes in or whatever philosophy, Ndombele just has to be playing regularly. Like there's, I, I'm not going to start slagging off Ryan Mason, but like Ndombele started that Southampton game. And then I think he's, on Ndombele's played about maybe just over half an hour of football since then. And he hasn't started a game, which is just, I, I don't understand that sort of those selections. Like, I, I don't know why he wouldn't play in the Leeds game where things are going to be hectic and you need someone to be just a cool head in midfield and keep the ball. I don't know why he wouldn't play against a good Aston Villa team. Like, mm. we got beaten by like a good, I know Spurs shot themselves in the foot a lot, but like Grealish, Watkins, McGinn, fab, literally fabulous players. And I, I'd take any one of them, to be honest. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, We'd take all of them. Yeah, So yeah, it's 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 a really it's a really odd one. And I don't know how they, they get a number like Hoybjörn and Lascelso into the same team. They're they're an, an alley as well, Delhi Alley. So there's there's gonna be like chopping and changing, but you know, there's enough games in the season for everyone to be playing regularly, you know what I mean? And just for Ndombele to have that small amount of time is I just don't understand that. I just don't get it. Do you think this is an opportunity now to just smack the reset button and just go, right, draw a line? Like, we've got to finish whatever chapter this is, whatever narrative this is, we've just got to hit stop and be like, right, finish that season. It was grim. It was horrible. There was no fans in the stands. Like, we weren't able to actually sort of gain an advantage from being at home. Like, every other club in the Premier League, we've gone through the stuff with the ESL, we've gone through the stuff with changing manager, we've gone through various other things, COVID, um, the, the difficulties now with all the reports about Harry Kane, like, is it just a chance to reset or do we actually have to sort of take some of this into into next season? I think you have to take the... What you have to do is to try and remove the emotion from it. That's what Spurs have to do. But they, the only way they can do that for me is by appeasing the fans. Um, it's very all well and good saying we'll draw a line under it, but if we lose Harry Kane, we're instantly half the we're instantly half the team than when we are we are. And don't don't get it twisted. Human Son is also stalled on his his contract talks, and you sort of wonder, oh well, what's he waiting for? <laughs> I wonder. Uh, so it's all well and good saying yes. And I totally, as a fan, I'm going to draw a line over the season and be like, I'm never going to refer to the season again. This will be the season known as, when you look at it on my Wikipedia page of Tottenham, it'll just be NA, not available. No, never existed. <laughs> not, not sure what happened in that season. I think everyone just um, got on with their lives that season. Um, but, but yeah, it's what, what I said before, Hensley. The only way to do that now, bring in the new manager who the fans agree with. They're not going to agree with who they bring in. It's as simple as that. You've seen the polls. No one can agree on who we should bring in. No one has a clue who we should bring in. There isn't a clear candidate. And then give him the money to buy some players that appease the fans. That's the only way to do it. And get rid of some of the what, what the considered dead weight. And and then maybe you can start to rebuild. But if we have to force Harry Kane to stay, you're in the same situation as last year. Do you know what I mean? Where you're going to have sort of rumblings in the background of people being like I don't want to be here and although it hasn't impacted his season clearly he's had one of his best seasons ever and he's, he's a consummate professional he'd never down tools um 
it's just one of those things of you need that you need that equilibrium and forcing people to stay doesn't necessarily bring that and it's not a great start for a new manager either what do you reckon Jude anything to add there I think he's nailed it pretty much. The club just needs to be uh, nice and decisive and, you know, pick uh, one of the, the billion managers they've got <laughs> shortlisted, it seems. Um, uh, back him, clear the deadwood. And yeah, I, I, I honestly hope Spurs fans just have like a nice summer once this, <laughs> once this is all done. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I suppose we got Euros as well. Euros but, is like, such a happy distraction. <laughs> Yeah, it's such like a brilliant distraction after this. It's like, oh yeah, just forget about it completely and try and enjoy England. <laughs> if not, just throwing pints in people's faces, and it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, l- l- let us just enjoy watching Harry with a smile on his face. Just with all the give city us, boys. Give us a summer of that. With all the city lads, <laughs> <laughs> no, just giving him a big hug. You, I just watch I, me. Just watch me. Don't touch him. Don't touch him. <laughs> I just wanted to quickly go through, and this might be something that you're not not interested in. But I just quickly wanted to go through the squad. I'm always and just, interested, and just and just see who you two would be interested, in, or who you think we should try and move on from the squad. As a great question, as a because because there's a lot of chat about Deadwood, and I uh, as much as I agree that there is, I also think that there's some really quality players who have had really bad seasons. Do you want to do a pod on this? Let's do a pod on it. Should Let's we do, do a, a pod, pod on, on it? it? Yeah, no, I feel like because we, season. last last year when we got into this, well, I mean the football got cancelled, so it's bloody impossible to do any pods. Mm. But um, I feel like we should definitely do a review of the season. Definitely, yeah, and mm. definitely do kind of like a little bit of a a breakdown of everything that was good everything that was bad etc over the course of the season I think there's definitely a discussion around uh, the squad yeah. in terms of like what, what happens now and then also we're going to have to I mean fingers crossed we know who the new head coach is within the space of the next four or five days well they said um, before the end of the season didn't they at one point they <laughs> so it seems like it's conflicting a little bit yeah mm. And no doubt we'll have to we'll have to discuss the inevitable meltdown that happens when a new kit comes out and then half the fan base loses its mind. <laughs> which, well, that got delayed. No that got delayed, to... didn't it? That was supposed to come out last night as well. <laughs> Life. Um... Um, right. Okay. Well, thanks so much for listening, as always, guys. If you haven't subscribed, we'd appreciate if you'd think about doing so. Uh, if you haven't left us a review or a rating, if you do that as well, that'd be amazing. We'll be here for a while. I'm sure we'll be here for a, the whole of the summer, drifting oh, yeah. in and out, bringing Harry, loads Harry of Spurs content. <laughs> Harry Kane watch during the Euros. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll catch you very, very soon. But thank you so much, as always, for listening. What a feeling, what a night. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.